Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream. right in there and having a good sniff around the Monday Scrum. Yeah, welcome to Triple M's Monday Scrum, first edition of the new season. Adam Peacock, the host. James Graham is here. Jimmy, how are you? Yeah, very well. Very well. Not much to talk about. Hey, quiet weekend. <laughs> yeah. Very quiet weekend. Garbage, a lot of it. Yeah, and no Brent... upsets, nothing. Just, yeah, standard tipping comp. Yeah, everyone's eight from eight, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Brent Reid. <laughs> Hello, mate. How are you from New School? Right, yeah, going well. Go right. Yeah, look at you, your little book over well, there. Actually, and you've got a little secret written down. Can, I, can I tell a little story before we start about one of our colleagues, Michael Chamis? Is this why you're late today? This is why I was a bit late today. Yeah. Because he's he's building a mansion out west somewhere yeah. and he got the wrong sand delivered to his house. Yeah. It was the wrong colour sand, apparently. I thought sand was like basically one colour. Sand, sand. It was apparently a bit yellow. So anyway, he got the sand from Brookvale, which is near where we are on the northern beaches. Yeah. So he, he rang me this morning about eight o'clock and said, mate, can you do me a favour? Can you pick up 80 kilograms of sand for me? So I had to detour. And then, just before I came in here, I had to drop the sand off to him. We get to his car. He'd forgotten his keys. He didn't have the keys to put the sand in. Did you like just shovel it in, I or just, you actually went to a shop and bought it? No, like you, no, did, no, it was bags of sand. Ah, it was four 20 kilogram bags of sand. Oh, you work, you yeah. live near the beach. Can yeah. You just like maybe you just after well, a free. Yeah, actually, you know, I couldn't. Like, have. They couldn't. You know, have. When, when you when he said uh, you you put the invoice, he's like, no, yeah. I meant just actually this is, get it. This is brilliant though. It's, yeah. it's showing that we don't live in a fractured media landscape no. with News Corp and nine newspapers no. getting. It's a bit like you say if someone from Wigan back in the day rang you up and said, mate, can you help me out? I need some sand from Blackpool. Can you drive it over to my joint? What well, would you say? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the last time I'd deliver sand to that buffoon. <laughs> <laughs> Fair idea. It might be brought up later in the week in another, another of Definitely. our uh, podcast offerings. But we're going to start, guys, with the dawn of the Dolphins. It's hard to look past that as the moment from the weekend. Just extraordinary scenes. Over 30,000, double the crowd that they had back there in 1988 for the dawn of the Broncos, which, you know, manifested itself eventually into great success. But Wayne Bennett at the helmet of all, uh, at the helm of it all, James Graham, how does he do it? He, he knows how to get the best out of his players. Um, he knows how to use a narrative. Hmm. Um, to generate a positive emotional response. And you could see it was an emotional day. You could see um, the expression on the players' faces at the end of the game when they realized they, they had won. You know, this was a, a special day. And I think what Wayne does, he really embraces the underdog tag. Mm. So he would have been telling them all week, no no one's given us a chance here, lads. They, <laughs> they, they all think we're a waste of time. Mm. I've you know, he's joking around saying, has anybody seen my mojo? Because apparently I've lost it. No one wants to come here. And Perfect. You, and, you could, and you could see that. And, yeah. you know, we, we can look at the result. But for me, the, the, what was more impressive is the, the level of performance. Because they go behind, they come back, they make a mistake off the kickoff, they go behind again. And we were there. And I think, like most, we were expecting them to, to fade away. But they maintain that level of performance, and in fact, if you look back at the game, the the Dolphins' worst period was when the Roosters were down to twelve men, mm. which really you should be looking to take advantage of. Thirteen on thirteen, they were by far and away the better team. All the Roosters tries 
came, I think, against a run of play and had a, a stroke of luck about it. But the, the Dolphins were just simply sensational. And, you know, credit to, to Wayne Bennett and um, the entire staff and the whole organization there because it's a lot of people have put a lot of work behind the scenes into to see this come to fruition. And, wow, what a start. I, I, yeah, like uh, even... Every 30,000 30, people inside that ground, all the hundreds of thousands of people watching at home, they, they surely didn't see that coming. No, no one could. Well, I, I think people are, you know, it's interesting. I, was, I was, didn't didn't see the game because I was driving the Leichhardt over for another game we'll talk about later, which was probably the complete opposite of that game in terms of quality and, and the result. But um, I listened on the radio to the guys on Triple M and, and saw the highlights later. I mean, you know, I read a story where Jared Wallace basically said it in the dressing sheds, they thought they thought we wouldn't win a game, or they said we wouldn't win a game. I don't know anyone who said that who mm. said they wouldn't win a game. Few I, people, uh, few people said they would spoon. struggle. Yeah, but they're a long way off not struggling. They've won one footy game, and this is the easy game to get up for, right? The first game in your yeah. in your in your existence. It's the easy game to get up for and be beyond for. So they're going to have some difficult days ahead. But you can tell when, when Jared Wallace says something like that, you can tell that Wayne's played the underdog tag all week and given it and said to them. You know, everyone's saying we're not going to win a game. Everyone says we're going to win the spoon. And and they've just used that as motivation. And guys like, you know, Felice Cafusi, the Melbourne blokes, they're used to having the world against them down there. They know all about that sort of stuff. And it's no surprise that Felice aimed up uh, on that on that on on a significant night like this because they bought those players for the experience and the know-how and their mm. ability to perform in big games. Well, well, just to back you up on that, really, I think yesterday's performance and victory had... Wayne Bennett's fingerprints all over it, but we had the privilege to speak to Dolphins assistant coach Benny Teo before the game, yeah. and he spoke about those Melbourne lads and how they drive the standards in training. Yeah. So they know about the long course of the season. They know it's not just about this one victory. They know they'll be back to work this week, and it'll be about maintaining those standards now. So, look, I... <laughs> I'm not going to say they're going to be top eight, but I think they're going to be a lot more competitive than what people think. And I think that the experience that those, you know, three or four Melbourne players bring, especially around things like practice and training sessions and what it takes to win, it is, it is, is so vitally important for well, them. You see it across all sport that the ones that succeed are the ones that have an element and teams I'm talking about, but it happens in individual sports as well. Are the ones that, you know, Every day is not a new day. Like those guys have experienced maybe not a day like yesterday. It was a bit indifferent, like a brand new, um, brand new club starting its first ever NRL experience. But you're talking about when they rock up to their main session this week, be it a Wednesday or a Thursday, coming off a big win. Those four or five guys and Wayne Bennett know exactly what it takes to make sure that you're not still up in the clouds or you're not down in the dumps after the emotional high. What are expectations now for the Finns in the next month? Limited to the next month. Next two month, two? probably win a couple, win one, one more, maybe two games. I'll tell you where those guys will also be inval invaluable for a guy like Isaiah Katoa. You imagine a kid like that, 19 years old, learning off Jesse Bromwich, off Kenny Bromwich, off Felice Kafusi. I mean, they'll be invaluable, invaluable for a kid like that to keep his feet in the ground. But I think if they, if they end the month two and two, I reckon they've done pretty good. If they get to three and one, they've done brilliantly. If they're four and oh, well... Give Wayne the Dellium coach of the year now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, look, you know, we we spoke about those experienced lads, but I thought, you know, some of the players that perhaps we weren't expecting much from really performed well. Jeremy Marshall King, in particular, he was, was great last year, he, though. Jimmy, wasn't he? He, 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 he was, but yeah. he was just 
you know, he, he was so he was steady. He was yeah, their player of the year. Yeah, the dogs was he? He won yeah, player yeah. of the well, year. Okay, yeah. I'll take that back then. Um, yeah. my memory is is failing me. But, um, <laughs> but I, steady was I, good I enough. Really yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Time out of this one. I'm off. Sorry, lads. Uh, yeah, look, I, for for me, I, I thought he was sensational, mm. and you know the fact that he got released from the dogs to bring in Reed Marnie. You know, not much was expected from him. I believe you know they still, one, they still they still went after. Um, Brandon Smith, yeah, you know, so Harry Grant, they had to Harry Grant, well. got Harry Grant. So it was, it was clear, you know, he, he was there, you know, p- perhaps to to play a role off the bench. But take that away, he was sensational. Branko Lee as well. Yeah, I thought he had a fantastic defensive display up against Joseph Suali. He he, he marked him mm. pretty much out the game. There was a f- you you know when you and obviously Suali he playing in the centres. It's a new position for him, but I thought. The, the, the Roosters were getting him some early ball, putting him in positions to really take advantage. And I think we'll see more of that this year. But Brenko Lee was all over him, like all over him. And th- those are some of the one-on-one contests that, you know, you might miss a little bit on the TV, but we were up in the box and yeah. we could see it. It was a fantastic defensive display from Brenko Lee. So Dolphins next week, Canberra at home, but in Redcliffe and then Newcastle away. And then round four, you're already salivating about this one after the Bronx dusted Penrith um, in round one, the derby at Suncorp Stadium. Yeah. You'd imagine with 52,000 screaming Queenslanders there. By the way, four out of four, the Queenslanders. Looking good for Billy. Billy I, and the boys. We're looking good, baby. 3 0. Bouncing around Look out as well. Freddy. So it's obviously never happened before, but four from four. So the Cowboys get it yeah. done against um, Canberra. Gold Coast Titans, we'll get to that one. And then Brisbane as well. Extraordinary weekend for the Queenslanders. And uh, yes, Gordon Tallis. Well, he'll be on cloud nine. Yeah. And we'll hear from Gordy through the week. It's interesting you mentioned well. Brinko, though. One of the keys for the Dolphins is not how Felice and, and the Bromwiches and those guys perform. It's how, how guys like Brinko, Lee, Jermaine Asako, yeah. um, those guys, whether they can keep that standard up all year. Because they've had patches in their career where they've been good. Brink, guys like Brinko and, and Jermaine, where they've had good periods, but they tend to have lows as well. Yeah. Now, that's going to be the issue, whether they can maintain a level of consistency, don't you think? That- yeah, it's well, consistency is what we all strive for. Yeah. And and, and every player goes through um, that within a season where, you know, it's very incredibly difficult to maintain that level of performance week in, week out for, you know, a multitude of reasons. But that's the task that they have. And I think, you know, where the Dolphins may come a little bit undone is with their strength and depth, you know, when, when yeah. they pick up injuries hopefully not suspensions well hopefully not injuries either but that that is uh, just a par for the course when it comes to the season of a rugby league but I reckon that's across the board now though there's not much depth you look at the Roosters on the weekend talent spread yeah well, they had what three or four players out and then mm. they lost a cut and they're off the pace speaking of the Roosters so Jimmy you're a Roosters player you are counting the minutes no doubt to Saturday three o'clock Saturday afternoon when they take on the Warriors to rectify what happened last weekend What's the key thing that they got to rectify? Was it attitude? Jimmy's a Roosters player now. He's probably getting around a Ferrari. We'll be doing this, <laughs> counting his cash. Bugatti. <laughs> um, look, I think in, in reflection from that game, um, the, the Roosters' middle defence was, mm. you know, Marshall King had a field day out there. And Trent Robinson said that after he, the game. He re- so we just got torn he, apart. He really exploited. Um, anytime there was a single marker, 
Mm. So any quick play the ball, single marker, Marshall King was going. They didn't have, they didn't seem to have an answer for that. Whether or not they were underpaid, under underprepared, or um, maybe just not thinking Marshall King had it in him. But they they really came through the, the middle of them, and I think you know maybe maybe perhaps there's some internal conversations there about did we just rock up to Brisbane and just think you know we scrape through with a win like we we almost can't lose because they're not going to be good enough well they surprise them and I think um I'd be I'd be wary if I was the Warriors because you'd anticipate a, a very strong big response but you know if you look at it they'll they'll likely be missing Victor Radley he came mm. off with a pretty serious concussion injury um and then no lodge no lot is lodge yeah, he's fractured his uh, he had a, a golf ball indentation yeah. on his cheekbone four to six surgery, apparently he's getting surgery tomorrow so he's out yeah so there's there's some well, there's some middle forwards that Jared mightn't be back. Yeah, there's some middle forwards that are, mm. are missing. I did think they missed Jared. They yeah. they missed his 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 very presence out there. Yeah, and his you know even in the dressing rooms that that that, that type of lift and you don't want to let a man like him down and and him not being there. I think um, it it really showed. He sets the tempo for them, doesn't he? In terms mm. of aggression and mm. all that sort of stuff. A lot of sympathy around the league, no doubt, for Bruce's <laughs> predicament this week. Absolutely. WTF moment. So we're going to introduce this every Monday. WTF because we want to open ourselves Has up. Charlie got a sound bite for this or something. We, we will. Yeah, next week. We will. Uh, <laughs> I, I threw it on What's him with about doing? ten. No, he's doing a hundred podcasts a week. <laughs> I gave this to him about ten minutes before we came oh, in right, there with yeah, the yeah. full view of maybe getting on an acronym sponsor oh, like a BWS or a oh, BFC or a TPG or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. But WTF moment. Basically, something we've noticed from the weekend and on reflection, look back on go, what the hell happened there? Mm. So I'll throw up the first one. Viliami Kikau and his kicking game. <laughs> I dare say that that is the last time we'll see him kicking in a while in a dog's jersey. Now, not entirely his fault. No. Because was... Matt Burton got the ball and just went, here, Billy, have a go. Try and kick it on the hill. And he nearly did. It was, uh, yeah, just, it, it summed up for me the dog's afternoon. Mm. It was there. The effort was there. But so was clunkiness. Yeah. I, I, I have to agree. I don't think it was. Kickhouse fault. He shouldn't have been past the ball on tackle five. Mm. Should and, have done a chip and chase though. That would have been. Yeah. But did you ever kick the ball, Jimmy, or what? Uh, a couple of times. Did you? Mm, yeah. yeah. Little side side footers. Okay. I, but um, not not many. I think he's playing for Everton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, not many. No. Um. But look, on reflection, the, the the dogs game, they can't afford to to put themselves in situations like that. So not only did it happen mm. once, but it happened twice where they've kicked out on the full and. And off yeah. the kickoff as well. Yeah. Matt Burton, so, so. You know, you, is that you, the halves? That's the halves fault, right? Well, it's execution. Hmm. It's execution. And it, it's game awareness. And yeah, the, the, the probably is, you know, if you it, you have that time again, you certainly don't pass it to kick out on play five. I mean, maybe maybe they saw, you know, you, you will have those yeah. reviews where you look at Eagle Cameron, where you, you see the whole of the field and perhaps Matt Burton will will justify his decision thinking, well, I, th- I thought the run was on. I thought yeah, we, he I thought, thought they were stripped on that yeah, side. Yeah, they so were stripped on that him, side. But, so that, that's maybe his justification for it. But this mm. is something that happens internally. And, and, and also what the overriding goal of the Bulldogs attack is, you know, and you know, Matt Burton still is a, a relatively young half. And mm. um, look, the Bulldogs were, it was it was interesting to hear Cameron Serraldo uh, in the post-game press conference. And he's not going to accept that. So mm. I expect a response. But... Uh, I love Matty Burton as a player, but I cannot ima- imagine that he will ever have a game like that again in his career. He had a shocking game, Matt Burton. Yeah. A lot went through him. 
Like he was in first receiver a lot. There was yeah. a lot of pressure on him. Yeah. As well. He still didn't play well. Now, and as I said, he's a really good, he's a great player. Um, mm. Fantastic player, Matt Burton. But he was, well, they were all off really. I mean, Kickhouse. Reed Marnie was the only one who stood yeah, up. Yeah. Kickhouse. Yeah, I can't good. imagine Kickhouse had a worse game than that in his career. Yeah. But he, uh, he got Cameron Sorrell, I said he wasn't Ola quite Kawato. right. Yeah. Kawato, sorry. Well, those two edge defenders for Manly were yeah. just in a, like, it was like they hadn't been fed for a week. It was, <laughs> it was an extraordinary defensive display. Reedy, what's your WTF moment? Look, I'm going to go back to uh, Friday night mm. as a Broncos fan. And, and I've got to say, I enjoyed the frustration at Pen- Penrith, particularly the stoush after full time between Jerome Lua and J- um, Jamin Salmon. Bit of, they went out at the pair of them. It was all right. I loved What's it. What's wrong with that? Well, you, it's just a moment. You don't, you don't yeah. often see it that candidly <laughs> no, no. after a game. You see it during a game where guys mm. rip into each other during a game. But after a game, two blokes going at it. And, and Salmon basically saying, I was too tired to get there. I think that's what he said. Is that words to that effect? Mm. I think yeah, he played 20 odd minutes, Push up didn't support. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm a bit surprised. I can understand why Jerome was fired up at him. You, you know what frustrated me? Some of the, I, I heard some comments saying, oh, that's the type of conversation that should happen behind closed doors. I'm like, you obviously don't get the emotion of sport. Mm. <laughs> like, Players sorry, ripping to each other all the time mate, on the it, field. It, it does happen all the time. And, and it's, it, it, it comes with the territory now. We've got every game on TV and there's microphones everywhere and, you know, tens of, yeah. you know, oh, sorry, m- multiple camera angles and stuff like that. Like, but for someone to say, oh, that should be behind closed doors. Like, what do you, sp- oh, sorry, Jerome, can you just tell me this when you get inside? Yeah, because wait, 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 I, wait, 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 no, that, that, that's a mo, it's, it's why we love it. And you know what? It shows that, it shows that Give Jerome us one. Lui cares. I'll Give us one I that you've written. I'll tell you what I know, so you watch a lot of Premier League like yeah, I do. Yeah. You see them after games, they always cover their mouth up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In case lip readers, right? Yeah. You can see what they're saying. Yeah, we, same in NFL. to see that. Yeah, yeah. Lip readers. No, we don't want lip readers. We're just no. out in the open. Go yeah, on. Give us, you... give us an old story, James, where you've either ripped into a teammate or a teammate's ripped into you and you've bit back. Uh, well, Mitch Brown is is the the the, the one that springs to mind. Uh, we were playing in the I think the 2014 final series, eighteen mm. nil uh, up against Manly, um, and Mitch. We actually uh, we had a little reunion not long ago, and we uh, reenacted it and. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I, I reenacted it being Mitch Brown and just basically said, you know, I, I'm not really sorry for spraying you. Everyone, you know, you play the victim here. But look, all you need to do is just simply get off your left foot and, you know, just turn the ball over and happy days. It doesn't happen. But instead, you you went for the corner. It was never on. And uh, I make no apologies for giving you the spray of a lifetime. <laughs> what did Mitch say to all this? He was just like, yeah, oh, okay. Yes, boss. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we, we were in the pub and actually... Yeah, just re- recreated the sideline, and <laughs> it, much to his amusement, I, I showed him what exactly he should be doing as a winger. So as a front rower, I went into the wing and simulated what to do, and um, but, but unfortunately, Mitch didn't have the uh, the foresight to to see that. Were you a regular sprayer, Jimmy, or did you save it? You know? Oh, I mean, at, di- at different at different points, you know, it, and it depends who you're speaking to as yeah. well. You know, I think like me and Mitch had a, a good enough relationship, and I was pretty amped up, and um, at that that particular moment and and there's different players that you know will respond and I think you know you, you have those like me and Josh Reynolds would be at each other all the time but we had a relationship where we were comfortable with that and mm. um, and he was comf- he could give as good as he got and and so could I I think that that's and, and looking at, at, at Salmon and Luai I imagine they have that relationship where that's mm. you know s- some people friendships are over forever over a little argument like that. I've seen that happen. Mm. 
but for some next day or even just back in the sheds later on it's like what are you doing tonight yeah yeah fair enough what was your wtf moment my wtf moment was the cameron munster um compound dislocation wow. so for me i get it how he just cracks on and keeps going and is involved in the next two tackles but you know is it adrenaline that that you, you don't even know it's happening instinct i mean the pain is still there yeah. Yes, you get a shot of adrenaline, but it's just that instinct to just carry on what's next. Yeah. It's and for me it's not the fact that he came back on, it's the fact that he just continued on with his job despite the bone sticking out of the skin, despite the level of pain. It's just I'll just keep going and I think it's it's obviously we it's a fine line um between not treating injuries seriously. Obviously we've got some you know, there's some headlines being made with you know um, head injury assessments yeah. and players wanting doctor. to yep. continue on. But with with something like this, it's just not seen in many other sports. Like yeah. I'm a I'm a big um, football or soccer fan, mm. and I'd I'd love to see oh. you know, any Premier League player continue on with a you know compound, compound yeah. dislocation. It it just nah. you know I, I reckon ge- genuinely they'd be off on a stretcher. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I'm With a ready to play injury. at NSL. I, I love my football, obviously, as well. Soccer, whatever you want to call it. If there's a compound fracture of a toenail, yeah. <laughs> a football is not in it up. Yeah. It's extraordinary. I'm just trying to get into my head about, because we watch, and this is the one thing I reckon a lot of fans don't get, and myself included, is what a player is not thinking out there. And they're not thinking things that ordinarily watching yeah. without adrenaline, without your, your heart rate's up a bit. You, you don't appreciate like going into contact and it not hurting. It just looks like everything hurts, but out and there you, it's a different story. That's it. You default to carry on, and and also Cameron Monster. He didn't he didn't feel the pain, see the bone, and go. I'm going to go and sit myself on the wing for five minutes and just stay out of play. The next two tackles, yeah. he was in amongst it. Got involved. We went in the sheds after the game actually, and we were just we were chatting to him for ages because he was in in a pretty good mood. Cam and had tissue over the finger. He said, do you want to have a look at it? We said, oh, he gives a look. Took the tissue away. The bone was still out of the skin and it was needled up. And he said he was more worried about the needle. He hates needles. He said, I was more worried about the needles, getting the needles at half Wouldn't time. he be more worried about his golf grip? Because he loves his golf. I said that to him. Can. I said, your golf, you shop, you shop with your golf. He said, yeah, won't be playing for a month or so. Gone for a month. So he said in the sheds after it, I remember on TV, he yeah. goes, yeah, I'll be right next week. Yeah. And then no. 24 hours later, it <laughs> comes out that he's three to four weeks perhaps. Yeah. Without... Well, again, that's the, that's the attitude of the players. It's like, yeah. no, I'll be. Yeah. I'll be right. And he'll but, probably be back within, well, they said, they said two to three initially. He'll be back at two, maybe yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. I reckon if it was a grand final next week, he plays. he'd probably cut it off and say, I'll play. Yeah. Yeah. It's been done before. You'd like some mad, Jimmy. Yeah. You're mad. Well, I think it's mad not to be like that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that was our WTF moments for this week. Reedy, over to you. You were sideline at Leichhardt Oval oh. yesterday. I, I caught... A sight of the, we, on television, we caught a sight of the Tigers coaching box and so much talk about this, about how it's going to work with Tim Sheens, Benji Marshall, Robbie Farrar, and it just looked very full, that coach's box. <laughs> <Didn't it? laughs> there was a few bodies in there and it looked like there were a few Chiefs as well. What was the feeling at the ground after the game when the Tigers obviously handed it over to the Gold Coast Titans for their first win. Tim, Tim was pretty optim- optimistic, to be fair. He wasn't too deflated in the press conference after the game. A lot of people were. Obviously, they had a big crowd there, and a lot of mm. them left with 10 to go. And um, It was a bit of an anticlimax because 
you know, obviously this is a, a brand sparkling new era with Benji and Tim and Robbie, and we all expected, they all talk, talked about how they'd spent the preseason focusing on their attack and they'd done a lot of work and they were going to be a bit unconventional and do things differently. And it was more of the same from the Tigers. This is, it was a lot of what we saw from them last year, a lot of drop ball, a lot of mistakes, uh, a lot of getting in their own way. You know, it's early, obviously, but really disappointing. And a lot of, you know, you could tell the, the dis- you, you could feel the disappointment in the air amongst those fans because they come to see this, as I said, this brand new era and they went away deflated. Again. Again. Familiar feeling. Yes. Familiar feeling. You were in transit, weren't you, Jimmy? So yeah. not across the game. No, but th- this really, it's a, it's a game that, you know, the Tigers and especially their fans would have thought this is a winnable one. Yeah, just yep. to, to start the season, the Gold Coast Titans. There's not much expected from them. This is this is a, a real winnable one, and we want to get off to a to a really good mm. start. It's it it's important that you win these type of games. Uh, with all due respect to the Titans, so they'll be really disappointed. And yeah, you know, I think sometimes round one there can be an overreaction, and you know, even you know the talk of. Is it right in the coach's box? Well, every team has, you know, you look at the Dolphins and they basically got one of the, the best coaches going around in the mm. assistant boxes in Christian Wolf. Mm. But it's not, or they, is there too many cooks mm. spoiling the broth? It, it, that, that question isn't being asked because it, it's based on, on results. And then even the overanalysis, uh, analysis, sorry, of um, Appy Coruscant dropping to the bench. Mm. I mean, Penrith did it. But, I didn't have a great issue with that. A lot of people some, are making a lot some, out of that. But some people, people did really. Are, yeah. But you've got to understand, Appy had a calf problem in the preseason. Yep. He missed their final trial. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, missed, and I understand why Tim did it. Yeah, but, but I would say this. If Appy's on the opening 10 minutes when they had 90% of the ball, they'd probably walk away with more than two points. But I can understand why Tim did that. Yeah. Given the preseason Appy's had. And, and it's ha- a long season. Yeah. It's, it's one game. Yeah, exactly. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater no. yet if you're a Tigers fan. You've still got time to, to turn it around. But... It was just disappointing, and and the and there's a guy coming into their team pretty soon that can grab a game and a club by the scuff of the neck. Johnny Bateman. Johnny Bateman. You rate him like, that highly, Jim. Mate, look what he did at Canberra. Yeah, like you know, obviously it was a team effort, but so I've heard he, a story. He, he he bounces in and he yeah. just goes, "I'm I'm going to drag everyone up here," so and he, he can ju- mate. He's Talk about people being mad. That that lad's not wide <laughs> upright. Yeah, he really isn't. <laughs> I was just about to say. I heard a story through Warren Smith. Um, who told, he went to Tigers training and they're talking to a few people and they said, when you, you know how they hold the pads in contact, in practice in contact, and and John Bateman lines up and he's not the biggest guy. He's he's no Nelson, so to speak. But every time he hits the pads, you can feel him through the pad, like his his elbows and his like his shoulders and everything like that. He's just. Like his power to weight ratio must be through the roof, or and he's something. he's so unorthodox as well. Mm. He, he he bounces around almost like a middleweight boxer, mm. you know, just that that on his feet all the time. He comes against the grain, but like his mentality is what sets him apart. He just will not. He refuses to lose. He he's the ultimate competitor. He'll yeah. take anyone on. Like again, you look at size wise, like he'll want to mix it with the Olakwatas with the Kickhouse. Like he'll mm. want to take them on. Imagine a guy face. like that when he's thirteen years of age in the high school lunchtime games you just taken there would have been fatalities everywhere well poor old Batty didn't go to school so <laughs> no, no one needed to worry about that I'm not sure if he'll play this week though we asked him about it after the game he said look it d- depends on how, how he is during the week whether we can get him up to speed I'll tell you what if he does play 
Um, him and Jackson Hastings got a bit of history. They don't get on, oh, yeah. and they're playing Newcastle. Okay. So Jackson Hastings against his whole club as well. So that'll be something yeah. special. Keep I, an eye on that one. I I, th- I think, um, yeah. You look the the Tigers and their the, their staff and the sports scientists will have the plan. And, but but Bateman's the type of guy that you just want to throw it. I think I, I read. I remember hearing a story when he was down at Canberra, and Stewart says, "You know, I'll put you off the bench," and he's like, "What use am I off the bench?" Like, yeah. like I'm not going to make it, like, just throw me in. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, we all saw what he did there. Well, it's time for this now. Read about it. Read about it. Read his mail. Mark's yours. Well, I want to talk Joe Swali here. Yeah. big news this morning. Joe Swali um, took up his option with the Roosters. So he's committed to the Roosters for next year. Um, kept rugby at bay, but I tell you what, this is a lingering. This story is going to simmer away and simmer away because the issue for the Roosters really isn't next year with Joe Swalley. The, the issue is 2025 and 2027. 2025 British Lion Irish Lions Tour, 2027 World Cup. So I don't Wallabies. think Joe Swalley Joe Swally was ever leaving rugby league next year. He was mm-hmm. always going to stay. He loves the Roosters. He loves being. He's really well paid. The issue for the Roosters is going to be when we get to this situation next year and he's got an option again for 2025. Um, and he'll have to take up by about round 10 next year. So that first two two months of next year, that's when we've got to keep an eye on the Joe Swalee story. Smart play from him and his management. Well, rugby, doing rugby are already they're circling him. They're circling Tola Cooler at, at Manly. And Manly are trying to extend Cooler at the moment to keep rugby at bay. But Swalee's the big... He's the big one. He's the big fish they want. Did you see, by the way, just to jump in about who Rugby Australia might be targeting, did you see that interview with uh, Eddie Jones and Gus? No. They did one on stand. And out of nowhere, Gus goes, who are the rugby league players you've admired? And he's gone back over the old ones like Andrew Johns. And out of nowhere, he goes, oh, and Cam Murray, he's really good too. Oh, yeah. I think he's locked up though, Cam, long term. And I, Cam's more of a, <laughs> I feel like Cam's more wedded to rugby league. I mean, Swalee's mm. played a bit of rugby, played Australian schoolboys. And he's one, he's one of these, I think he's one of these new age guys who, who aspires big, right? They, they, yeah. the idea of being able to play at a world cup and the British and Irish, Irish Lions tour for a rugby union player, that's huge. That's a, people underestimate how big that, mm. how big that is in the world of rugby union, the British Irish Lions. I think that only happens once every 12 years or something. Yeah. Once yeah. every 12 years. Yeah. 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 It, like, it is over here to Australia yeah. and that, that's what rugby's got up its sleeve and yeah. I'm just, I'm really grateful that he's just staying in our sport. Yeah. He's a phenomenal athlete and he's uh, an incredible talent. I think it's, you know, credit to the Roosters for, for, for keeping him, but this is going to be, you know, a, a, an annual story, yeah. isn't it? But, and, and, you know, credit to him because that's what his talent uh, allows, has, allows yeah. and that that's the situation that his talent has put him in where, yeah. where he can just do it year by year. Yeah. And also... You know, he sacrifices that um, that that long term stability because yeah. he is willing to back himself. I could see him just bouncing back, yeah, a bit like Sonny, Sonny Bill. Bill, yeah, yeah, bouncing 100%. back and forth between the two sports. You reckon the two haven't talked about it either? Well, they probably have at some point, but yeah. uh, you know, hopefully, well, we, let's just appreciate him. Yeah, appreciate him. Yeah, year. yeah. While he's in our sport, while he's you know lighting up the NRL, he's an incredible talent. Mm. What else is in your huge well, mailbox? Drag. It's a big week for the Dragons because they're mid table. <laughs> they had a win in round one, the Dragons. Brilliant win on the weekend. Yeah. But it's a big week for them on a couple of fronts. And Well, the main front is uh, Teletau Moan. Um, they should know this week whether he's allowed to play in round one. Mm-hmm. If he's allowed to play, it's a, uh, you know, it, 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 
obviously a, an extra body and a really good footballer becomes available to them. But six is a bit of an issue for them. There was a lot of talk that Jack Bird would play 5-8 in the preseason, that Jack Bird would be play alongside Ben Hunt. But the male I'm getting is that Jaden Sullivan will be the 5-8 in round one. Uh, young kid Jimmy, you've had a little bit to do with him. He's had some injuries. I think he's had a hamstring yeah. problem. Uh, he played in the preseason, I think, off the bench. But the word out of uh, Wollongong is that he will pl- play alongside Ben Hunt in the halves in round one. Jack Bird will play lock. Yeah, we've seen him a couple of times play for the Dragons. Um, Jaden Sullivan, he's a he's got such a huge potential, and I really like him as well. He's got a really good head on his shoulders. Yeah. Um, very talented individual, but a smart one as well. That's willing to learn and work hard at his game. And I think um, if he gets an opportunity, um, I think he'll take it with both hands. And you know, Amone may come back. I think he. You know, if if he is allowed to play, he'd take into that six. But I think Sullivan will cement a, a spot on the bench, and he'll be that guy that um, Griffin will throw on to to break the game wide open, especially as fatigue sets in. Perhaps play a little bit of nine um, or something like that. Would he, he compliment Ben Hunt, Sullivan? What sort of player is he? I haven't seen enough. Look, I think he's not. He's more of a natural seven. He is more of a natural seven than, than a six, but he's got speed to Ben and a real smart um, footballer as well. So he can he can read a game, but. You know his his running game is 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 where his real strength is. I like Jack Bird at lock too. I think that's the best spot for Jack. Bird. For me, I'd have DeBellin at lock. Oh, DeBellin, that's true. Yeah, would you put Jack him? Bird? Sanders, on an edge? perhaps on an edge. Okay. Jack Bird's the type of guy that you can play anywhere and have an yeah. impact on the game. Any other mail apart from uh, you having to prop that's up the uh, no. the housing developments of fellow journalists? <laughs> a side gig is a delivery yeah. driver. Exactly. Yeah. Well, guys, that was an awesome round one, wasn't it? Um, uh, <laughs> I can only assume everything's going to get better because your timing comes back, James, and you play a high, uh, high tempo match like round one always is with all the emotion. That if that's the standard, and generally speaking, it goes up, we're in for a pretty good uh, year of footy. Oh, one hundred percent. And you, know, you you talk about standards, and usually this time of year, teams do take a, a while to settle into their groove. But I thought defensively, some of the efforts on display were were sensational. I was at the the, the Melbourne uh, the Parramatta Melbourne game and mm. Melbourne's goal line defense and desperation and try saves corner to corner. Even looking to the Roosters, there was a play there with Jackson Paulo involved where he sprinted over. He was on their right wing, sprinted over f- to the left wing to make uh, a cover tackle, and sprints all the way over to the right wing, like back back into his mm. position where he should be. And th- the desperation on display from round one, yeah, the standards high. I just hope they can maintain it. Like it's one of those mm. where. I said, I think I said um, at the game yesterday. I'm glad I'm not out there because just the, the the amount of work that these guys put in, they, they should all be applauded. And it is a great start to the season, and the competition, you know, is as always wide open. Well, now you know exactly how we feel, us mere mortals, yeah. ready himself. <laughs> he doesn't watch it. No, he'd love to play. <laughs> yeah. He'd um, love to pull the boots and play again. Is, if anyone's out there listening, they. They've got a time machine. I'll, I'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, Reedy, thank you for that. That was the Monday Scrum. Thanks to Triple M. Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream.